Yo, what up? Welcome to Counter Currents Podcast, straight out of the D.C. Draft House Comedy Theater. I am the host, motherfucking Petey Steele, and... This is Elena Torres, your co-host, and we are here with our very special guest today, Jack Coleman. Hey! Hey! And for those of you that don't know about Jack, Jack is a wonderful comedian here in town, and he's also a producer of a lot of the better shows here in D.C. Capital Laughs That's is right. the name of the organization. Let's you say it's like it. second tier. Oh, wow. <laughs> I will accept that wholeheartedly. <laughs> All right, see, there you go. That actually makes some first tier accountability. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and I even proffered him to come and do this podcast today via Facebook Messenger with Elena. His first order of business was setting a Facebook reminder for himself <laughs> for 30 minutes prior to showing that? up. Yeah. That, that is the most <laughs> jack thing I've ever heard. Oh, my God. Yeah, I told him it was pretty hot and that we would talk about it on the podcast. I guess you didn't get my message, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the point of, like, my life is mm-hmm. that, like, I know a lot of the things that I'm very bad at, and one of them is remembering shit. Right. And so I make sure that when I schedule something, that shit is in my phone, on my schedule, so I don't forget. And so the fact that I forgot we had a conversation (laughs) 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 makes complete sense. (laughs) Warrants a need for a reminder. And actually, in point of fact, he got here, and we didn't have the memory card for the podcast you are now witnessing. Henceforth, (laughs) I I was really the prize horse's ass today. I did a great job, everybody. Yeah, just in case she got ready. all deed up, man. We thought yeah. it was fucking, uh, you know, we were going to do the view today. We had like a 360, 1080 pixel camera. Yeah, I got that, told I was going to be on camera, so I got prepared. Yeah, that's good. That's great. How long does it take you to get prepared, like dolled this up? Is, well, this is I'm not. I'm just curious. This is like tier, this is like tier 2.5 of dolled up. Because like tier Dude, 1 is when I, when you like can't treat our shit like tier 2.5, but keep going. Well, tier tier 1 is expensive. Because tier right. 1 requires professionals. Okay. Where like you have somebody do my hair. So that hair is not professional? No, this is just me. So oh, wow. I haven't been around women long. Enough. Yeah, is no. 2.5 <laughs> above 2 or below, below 2? So below is it closer two. to 1? No, closer to 3. 2.5 is closer to 3. So 3 is... Tertiary. 1 is the best or 1 is the worst? 1 is the, the best. best. 1 is like, I have somebody do my hair, I have somebody do my okay. makeup. First right. tier. Did you not learn ordinal and cardinal fucking numbers back in like... <laughs> Say it. Slip and fall school? In Alabama. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew where oh. I was going, Petey. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Kept it classy. I didn't yep. do any ethnocentric stuff yet today. <laughs> but uh, now that we are here, wait, before we get to Alabama, Alina, so how yeah. long does it take for Tier 2.5? This takes about... Glamour shot. If Today, it took about an hour. Okay. If I do my hair, if I wash my hair and blow dry it, which yeah. I didn't do today because I did that yesterday, okay. then it's an hour and a half, okay. hour 45. Okay. But this is an hour, including the shower. If you ever watch the greatest documentary ever made called American Pimp, directed by the Hughes Brothers, there's a <laughs> special Where's scene. Oh, I'll tell you. This is, comes right back <laughs> no. to what's important. And it ain't Alabama, cocksucker. Listen. So there's a great scene where they take this one pimp. I mean, there's a ton of them profiled in this documentary. It's a good, two, great two-hour documentary but one of them his name is kenny red and he happens to be from washington dc and they talk about appearance as one segment of the movie and they ask him how long does it take to get ready he goes, man about three hours you know what i'm saying first thing i get up in the morning i take a shower brush my motherfucking teeth get dressed because last camera action baby and that's the deal i mean appearance is clutch you got to be able to sell yourself on these things i try to impart this to young important. comics and they don't believe me you know, I think they think that, like, self-deprecation's enough. And I'm here to let you know, it ain't. No, it's not. Presentation is really important. Also, for when either one of you guys gets into a relationship, if you have a discussion with the girl you're with beforehand about how long it takes her to get ready for different events, yeah. I promise you it'll make things go a lot smoother. Well, my question to you is, of that hour, how much was that bullshit dilly-dally time that I know goes on? Of like just shuffling around the apartment and walking from place to place that you don't need to walk between, but you're just <laughs> walking. I've seen a girl get ready. I know what goes on, and it's like you're doing nothing right now. No zero, because for me the dilly dally happens before the getting ready starts. Oh, uh, before the clock like starts. Like I just get 
very sort of like lazy and I don't feel like doing it. And then once I get in and the shower, there's a lot of dilly dallying when I'm in there. Like I'll just take oh, yeah. forever. Yeah, the shower gets dilly But the, it, that is all calculated into the time of getting ready. I've, I've had to manage all this and do this for my relationship <laughs> because my husband takes <laughs> – eight to ten minutes to get yep, ready for yep. no matter what it is we're doing. <laughs> well, your husband has rather shortly cropped hair. See, I'm yeah. a little more surprised at Mr. Coleman. I kind of wish we had the 1080 pixels right now right. so <laughs> that too. everybody could get a view of what exact kind of head is creeping through the ajar door of the master bedroom while he's bitching <laughs> at his wife about fucking how long it's taken to get ready. Because you'd see this fucking yep. tangled young Einstein shit going on and go, well, what the fuck? Do you, you know? blow dry this it's or do you just let it Right. It's curly. There are no there are no tangles in here. Oh, it's um, natural. Excuse like, me. This is the thing that one of the things that I learned living with a girl was to have your shampoo and conditioner in different bottles. Well, yeah. 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 I, was, I was like just chilling with like, you know, whatever it was, two and ones my whole life. Didn't yeah, know. I'm like a oh, pert no, no, plus no, no. kind of guy, too. Two and one isn't real. Right, right, right. Because you got to like, they do different things. Yeah, absolutely. They write one like, you know, strips, one hydrates. Exactly. Um, two bottles is kind of a fall hazard, though, wouldn't you say? I mean, you got to have them on the oh, fucking <laughs> floor. Right. Yeah, you can't you just them? take the two to one, like you came with a two to one and put it on top of the soap bar. Yeah, you know what I mean? No, yeah. well, no. Yeah. Uh, so it's a safety thing. Men are, you know, <laughs> men, men, men covet argument. security. No, no parabens. Can't have that. No, what are, what's a paraben? It's like plasticky sh- shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, and it messes with the with like gives you the like, structure of your hair. It, like like it, your hair doesn't feel as nice, and it's not as easy to style. Like oh, is that common in two to one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh it's, wow. It's like it's like uh, MSG, but for your hair. It's oh like wow. The so I've been using Chinese shampoo all this time. <laughs> <laughs> Dumpling shampoo. Yeah, yeah it's, wow. it's good stuff. I just basically stole her shampoo and conditioner. We both had curly hair, and it stuff works amazingly. What do you use? Uh, it's argon. It's from, oh, yeah. it's like, a, it's from Amazon. It comes yeah. in a brown bottle, and it's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. It's a hack I stole from from a chick. Other one I stole from her is a uh, shower guard f- to catch my hair. <laughs> oh, I have to oh, have a oh, hair oh, catcher. Like Otherwise, a shower, a shower cap? No, 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 like a drain. goes in the drain. Oh. And you put it in there, and then it catches your hair so that the drain doesn't get clogged. Oh, hmm. that's really smart. Because I would get a lot of drains that are clogged, and I was like, why are my drains clogged? And she was like, because you have long hair. It's true. And so it wasn't just your like rigorous masturbation <laughs> schedule. <laughs> She's like, you know, you need to maybe like throw me some D every now and then, Jack <laughs> Coleman. You wouldn't be fucking running up a plumbing bill over here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to work a wrench, but hey, it's uh, yeah, that'll clog up. Yeah. But what do you do about drying your hair? Because this takes a minute to dry. Like you don't get out. I, I dab dry and then air dry. Dab dry. Like just like. Oh, just with the towel, just so you don't towel. you don't blow dry it ever. No, I don't have a blow dryer. No, 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 no blow dryer. Really? Air dries. Yeah. Even if you're in a super rush, it dries quickly. Uh, it doesn't always dry super quickly, but like it never takes longer than thirty minutes, forty five minutes. Oh, that's incredible. I also have like a little fan that if I'm in a hurry, I like just you know get in front of the fan. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> and it just you know there, and it can get warm. The fan can get like blow hot, a little bit of hot air. It's not like <laughs> super hot, but it's like a little hot, and so it like you know. It'll like, but the problem is, is if I do do that, then it like blows it up. Well, yeah, I'm sure it gets. If a you like, if I like hair, if I blow dry it, not blow dry, but any sort of hair, hot wind or anything, it like really makes it big, and it gives me split ends, you know. And I just don't like split ends. Neither do I. That that is a risk. It messes with the bounce of my curls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no. I agree, I agree. There's great products for that, though, like oils that you put Leave-in conditioner. Yeah, I tried some leave-in conditioner. That was a disaster. Well, yeah, because you probably put it all the way to your scalp, which you're not supposed to I do. Have you have no to idea. just put it, and you you like, put it on your end. Yeah, and you, like, make it, like, you do this. Like, my, my like, barber, she was telling me, like, to do this, and then He's I bought some. He's squeezing the end of his hair. Yeah, like, so it, like, becomes bouncy, and you don't have to, like, condition it, and or, like, she can take less showers was the yeah. selling point that she mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, you don't have to wash your hair as much. Like, I do a leave-in conditioner so that I don't have to wash my hair every day. that's the only thing he said that's going to keep the Alabamans off his ass now. (laughs) 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 Just going to say, so speaking of which, where are you from exactly in Alabama? The big city. Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Okay. Birmingham. 
Do the, do any of them call it like the bee ham? Yeah, it's called be a bee ham. Not, really? Not without the, not without the article, just bee ham. Yeah. That was just a guess based on be more, but I just yeah yeah know, yeah. I dude. never actually well, we heard definitely that. came up with it first, but you mm-hmm. know. And to the rest of <laughs> Alabamans. Alabamians. There's my, an eye in I'm there sorry. for no reason. It's not okay. Alabamians, like Albanians for Americans or no, something. No, no, no. Okay. There's some reason they added an eye. I don't know. I like Alabamians, but it's Alabamians. Alabamians. Hmm. So did the rest of Alabamians find people from Birmingham to be like the snooty ones? Because that's um, hilarious to me. From like certain sections of Birmingham, yes, for okay. sure. Like Mountain Brook. Ugh, Ugh Mountain Brook. They're called it's the they're called the tiny kingdom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because if you drive in there with a car that's like less than like more than four or five years old, you will get pulled over. Oh wow. Mountain Doesn't matter what you look like. Right. Right. They're just like, Oh, poor person, pull you over. Right. Like uh I had friends. Well they do it over. if you have like a delivery thing on the top of the I, I mean, I, I don't think so. I know I don't know. Dominoes about that, but don't I've even seen, get I've in seen there. Cars get pulled over for no reason. I've had friends get pulled over for no reason. I got pulled over for no reason. Because hmm. I had a beat up like nineteen ninety three Volvo and they would just pull me over. That's and, a like, reason. I started booking it for the, the, the wall <laughs> and <laughs> trying to get into Birmingham and I was a half a block away from getting into Birmingham out of Mountain Brook. And so there's a wall there. There's huh? not a wall. I'm like, there's like a. You was know, this a, like the blueprint wall. for like? Yeah, I was gonna say. But there's the not an actual wall. wall, but there was like a, a train line that was called the Crest Line, and Crest Line's a part of Mountain Brook, and it would just like go along this line between the two, and then they took out the train. But that's like the dividing part between the two, like wow. Birmingham and Mountain Brook, and you're talking like, it's literally like, uh, you'd go one block, and you know, you add almost a zero to the houses. Wow. Wow. So, so if like, like you Mountain Brook is. What, now, what about if you, like, Jack Coleman biked through Mountain Brook? Would you get, like, oh, chased no. down Biking by a bunch okay. of rich, like, rednecks and beaten up like a Bronx tail? No, not like with that. Like a, a Brook tail? Everybody, so everybody basically, I say a lot of people in the Mountain Brook, they're, like, your good old boy redneck Republicans. Okay. Or they're the, you know, uppity liberals who who have, like, the bright blue dot and a really red state bumper sticker on their car, and they're, like, super NPR Right, like listeners, and they're really ostentatious and over the top and overly compensating. And so there's those two sorts of people, and they absolutely hate each other. Uh, and they live in Mountain Brook, and that was always interesting growing up because my parents were like kind of the more like Republican redneck sort of people. Right. So your parents are Republicans, but you've actually emerged somewhat of a liberal. Um, I would say maybe I, I'm wrong. Liberal Maybe you're a piece of shit, and you should just get the fuck out of here now. <laughs> but no, go ahead. Um, liberal, but skew like libertarian. Okay. Like I, I don't know politically. I just you know I want. I don't like being told what to do. So get the fuck out of my life. Right. Unless it involves uh, someone the government is here to protect, and the government is here to protect you know any minority in any situation. That's okay. Why the, why the Supreme Court is here? Well, you know, right. they're minority rights, and so when you're fucking with a minority, that pisses me off. But besides that, let me do whatever I want in my house. Like, if I want to, you know, fuck whoever I want, smoke whatever I want. Use two-to-one condition. Do whatever I want, whatever drugs. Drugs are not a legal issue. Drugs are a public health issue. Right. So give out, like, needles or whatever and and treat it like a public health issue. But, uh, you know, there are some things I do skew a little right on. What is it? What is Chris Rock's joke? I conservative on crime and liberal prostitute and I'm liberal <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 that's pretty good that's pretty good I like that when it comes too. to crime I'm conservative when it comes to prostitution I'm liberal yeah that's a much better yeah. recreation of yeah the that was good yeah, that so was what good. point in your life did you decide to leave Alabama that was like my fourth word <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> Get <Leave>. out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Leave Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> um, as, soon, as soon as you realized where you were, you were like, I'm out of here. Uh, it was, I'll tell you when I realized it, when my mom, I would watch The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, and I would watch it on the TV, and my mom would sometimes come in and like sit down with her Nicotrol inhaler. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, she smoked for like 20 years. Virginia Slums, Ultralight Menthols. Uh, wow. I, I remember actually she smoked these Virginia Slums. She smoked so many that they gave her these points. And one time I got to pick an item. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> Your mom was a cigarette coupon clipper. That's the mark of the fucking downtrodden. I love it. I love it. And it was like a catalog, and I got to spin her cigarette points. Oh my God. And buy something for my room when I wanted the lava lamp, but it was like going to break and everything. So I got a. There, it was, the fact that there was a lava lamp, that's. I amazing. got this white phone that said Virginia Slums in pink on it, and it was in my room, and it was like so cool because like none of my friends had phones in their bedroom. <laughs> and I had a phone in my bedroom. A Virginia Slim <laughs> a Virginia phone. Slim Yo, those were a phone. draw back in the days. I remember that. So they used to have like. What was that magazine, Boys Life or whatever? I yeah, think yeah. The, I don't know if the Boy Scouts put it out or some kind of thing, but they would have these things where they'd say, like, all right, you get all these clippings, proof of purchase, some amount of points, and you can get, like, a fucking Roman candle or, like, I don't know, a BMX bike if you got, like, the cheapest model of them, but, like, 15,000 points or this or that. And then, when I got a little older, we learned about some of the hustle maneuvers you could do with shit like that. Like, this kid down the block told me about this 1-800-GET-COKE, where you would call up Coca-Cola's hotline, and you'd say, Hey, I just picked up a fucking, you know, 24-pack, and guess what? All the fucking cans, nothing but water. You know, I want my goddamn money back, you know, or something, you know. They say, well, 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 okay, sir, you know. So they say, what's the number on the bottom of the can? And I remember being like, oh, shit, because I never got any cans. So I was just making shit up. And they're like, you're sure? I'm like, you know. And they finally sent me in the mail, like, three free coupons for a 12-pack each or whatever of any Coca-Cola product. Well, when you're a kid, that's very exciting. It was very exciting. Yeah. And my parents found out. They were pissed. They were mm-hmm. like, you can't use these. That was like a life of crime. Yeah. <laughs> well, the kid that fucking taught me the trick ended up in jail for five years for a big drug deal. I get all this stuff out in Baltimore. <laughs> but he was getting a ton of these cases of Coke. You know, it was almost like he was a fence or something. Like he hijacked a truck. And then he had a whole bunch of like those fucking uh, stuffed panda bears from like the always Coca-Cola commercials. Oh Remember those things? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, so your mom. She um, she would come in and watch the Daily Show with <laughs> oh, you. Oh, right. That's where we were. Yeah. Nicotrol. Let's see if we can finish the story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm terrible. Big so. Virginia Slim Tangent. Uh, yeah, digression. So, so she quit, which is really hard to do. And one part to her, and one of the ways actually to go on a slight tangent again, one of the ways I got her to quit was like when I was, I think, in like sixth grade, I did a science project where I took a plastic bag and I filled it with toilet paper. And then every day I had her smoke a cigarette and then blow the smoke into the bag. And over the course of like two weeks, there were holes in the toilet paper and there were like brown marks and stuff. Wow. And you're able to like look at it and be like, look, mom, this is what your lungs are like. And so, so I didn't even win anything in the science fair. I was like, dude, this is... This is like a comment on society. <laughs> you they were understand? like, okay, Yankee. <laughs> yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm trying to do here? Uh, and and I did the project myself. My, no, no, my parents didn't help. Like, was it your idea, idea? It was my idea. Really? To wow. I convinced her to do this, and like, and it was no one else came up with this idea. So my parents weren't like, I had a friend who did this like, fucking windmill thing, and it was crazy, and it was like the Bernoulli principle. I don't know. It was nuts. And he won, and it was like, well, obviously your dad, who's a doctor, did that. Uh, Anyways, uh, so that was one of the ways I got her to quit. But um, so she's sitting there smoking her Nicotrol inhaler (laughs) and like on the couch and like she's between me and the TV. And so she would look at the TV, John Seward, make a joke, and then I would laugh and then she would look at me and she'd be like, you think that's funny? That's (laughs) how I raised you? Oh, wow. <laughs> to laugh at that. You think you think that's funny. That you think that's funny. <laughs> like almost like a you think that's funny, bitch. <laughs> oh <my laughs> but God. not like that, but like in a like a fun mom way. Mm-hmm. You know, but like you think that's funny sort of and that was like really got me thinking that I was like, Yo, why am I laughing at this? What is making me laugh? And that kinda got me into comedy and then also got me out of Alabama because it was like well, I have to I, I'm only gonna laugh if it's true. And if it's true, well then man, there's a whole other side of this coin. Because my parents are like Fox News, like all day, every day. We're talking like right. Shepard Smith, like Grapevine, like Brit Hume, like whole nine yards, Greta Van Susteren, when O'Reilly was on there, like a ho- whole lineup from 8 a.m. until they go to sleep. Oh my God. Wow. Sounding chamber. Uh, love them to death, but they do, they are very Fox Newsy. Um, and so I definitely found a different world at GW, kind of the opposite. 
So yeah. you came here to go to college. You, yeah, okay. to go somewhere that was literally the opposite. And did you okay. pay your own way, or did your parents like? Uh, they helped some. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, I, I just ask because that's the most expensive school I hear year well, in year out. Well, it's also from Alabama, and right. like, I checked a box. They need to say that they have students from all fifty states. That's and true. Me and one other kid, I think. There might have been another one in my wow. class, but I think there was just two. Um, and so like, they like you know. It's, like, helpful to have someone from Alabama. So. Yeah. Right. Um, but it was good. I mean, the administration sucked. The, s- the teachers were good, though, because they had, like, jobs. If you got a class at night, that was good because you had a teacher that was, like, doing the job and mm-hmm. then coming to teach you about the shit they were just doing. Mm-hmm. And that was cool, like diplomats and speechwriters and that sort of stuff. And, like, Hillary Clinton would come and talk. And, That's um, awesome. But there was no campus. There was no grass. A lot of the people sucked. They're all from New Jersey, and they couldn't get into an Ivy League school. <laughs> That's GW true. That, that makes sense. GWS gets the most applications of any school in the country, or did when I was there, because it is the backup. It's a safety school. It's a safety yeah. school. Oh, really? Yeah, it stands. GW stands for Georgetown Waitlist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very, very, very so. true. And you could, I mean, as somebody who's grown up here his whole life, you could tell just talking to the people of the different campuses in this city, like who the smarter ones are versus others, you know. Mm-hmm. And Georgetown is definitely the smartest to the degree of like worldly nerdiness that I just can't fucking stand down to like gw which is like a little you know they're smart but they're definitely a little more party-ish whatever and then au kids are dumb as bricks and they're just (laughs) fucking rich and sitting there spoiled those are the girls i used to like you know hang around with back in my my early 20s and or when i was home from summer from college and the gw kids are kind of it's very they're very prickish and there's a lot of inferiority complexes because they no, none of us got into a better school. Mm-hmm. Right. It was everybody. This was the like the best school we got into. And we we're like, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. And right. then you know, um, so like uh, th- there was a lot of that. A lot of people from New Jersey and like different exits on the Turnpike. You know, and what was your major? All that political science. Oh wow. And Eng- I did. I don't think I did enough to get English, but I took a lot of English classes. Yeah, I mean it's probably best even for that institution that nobody from Alabama got an English degree. In. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. You know you want to know. You want to know what's really sad though is that my high school English classes were tons harder, tons harder than anything at GW. Yeah. Uh, the GW English department, at least the classes I took, mm, no dice, man. They were like, I would get, we would do this peer swap thing, and I'm like. Yo, you need a period in this paragraph. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. <laughs> or, you know, and not I'm not a, like a grammar Nazi, but like, man, this, some of this stuff was just off the wall. And I did go to a private school in Alabama. <laughs> so it, we there were like, it, there was fairly diverse um, and everybody was fairly smart. There weren't, there were no dumb kids. Was mm-hmm. it still a lot of football and the We didn't have football. Really? Yeah, we didn't have football. We had basketball. And so, I, yeah, I played basketball. Uh, but, yeah, there was no football. The big things were, I think, soccer and then track because we would win state titles in those routinely. Um, we were a small school, 400 kids, 5th, 12th grade. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's really tiny. I went yeah. to a small private school, too, at international school, a bunch of weird kids. Oh, in my God. Mexico that City, sounds so fucking rich. But it was. Like, no, 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 no. It was the international school? It's just a bunch <laughs> of. There's <laughs> one international school in the city, and that is one of, like, for high schools, and it is one of the more ritzy things. Is Washington it really? International yeah, it's School. Like every big international mm-hmm. city, they have it for, like, the diplomats and all the little yeah. rich right. foreigners. They have, like, an international baccalaureate program. Yeah, that's They're what one I yeah, the yeah, only yeah, yeah, ones yeah. in this city. Okay. I think the only one that has it. Then the other one's out in Montgomery County, Richard Montgomery. I had friends that went to each one. Both, two of them went to Princeton, one went to Yale, and then one of them, who's my best friend, his father was the former ambassador of Sudan back Dang. in the day. That yeah. kind of stuff. You know, yeah, that's the school. That so it was, to. but I, I mean, doing the IB program, it saved me a year of college. Yeah. So my oh parents yeah. were were happy, but it's still like of the private schools in Mexico City, it wasn't necessarily considered the rich 
hoity-toity ones. Mm-hmm. It was like the hippie ones. Oh, okay. Mexico, there's there's so much money in Mexico. This is one thing people don't realize when they think about Mexico. Like yeah. the richest guy in the world is Mexican from Mexico City. So there's a lot of like. What's the richest guy in the world? Carlos name? Slim. I'll be goddamned. Yeah, yeah, Jinx. He, uh, uh, <laughs> Jinx. But because it, it's like corruption rich, you know what I mean? Like mm. Carlos Slim. One of the old presidents got just gave him all of the telecom in Mexico. He had no competition. It was a monopoly for a long time, and he just made a huge amount of money. And so, like, the big money in Mexico is that. It's Mm -hmm. like telecom, all the gas, all the oil. And those kids went to different schools than we did. We were, like, the lowly ambassador kids and foreign kids and, you Mm -hmm. know, diplomat kids and stuff. And, like, So it's like Russia, basically. Mexico? Uh, Not as... Somebody who had all the power gave away all of the big contracts for all the natural resources to a bunch of his friends, and now they're all rich. Similar, but we don't have as many natural resources (laughs) as Russia. (laughs) No. Yeah. You you got a lot. We're also next to America. Right. And Russia's not. No, but Russia's next to Europe. Uh, I guess that's true. And Russia is kind of next to America because you can see it from Alaska. Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah, even neighbors. over the wall. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, funny. No, nah, but um, wow. So I did not know that. That's that's a good fact. I'm gonna have to Wikipedia that a little later and, <laughs> oh, yeah, and test get, me on get that? some. No, no, get some more erudition. This is for me. You <laughs> oh, know? Okay, okay. I know you know who Slim is. I don't. You I, don't know about Carlos Slim. He also I've, owns, I've like, heard Saks the name. Oh, like wow. That. No, and I think richest guy, maybe it's just because I'm a honky, but I think like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, or oh. Bezos. No, no it's, a Bezos. Guy named, it's a guy named Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> Carlito. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm good for Carlos. I'm for that Monopoly stuff, you know? Are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, You know, it's funny. I actually learned a new term earlier today over brunch i was reading an article in business insider and they were talking about coke cartels and there's a new word called monopsony maybe it's not new word but it's you know new in the public sphere and that's where the supply side like the cartels basically tell the farmers hey the price is fucking set you're getting paid this much we don't give a shit that you're the only people we can fucking get you know stuff from because there's no you know, supply demand scale, basically. Right. Well, and they're not being regulated. And they're not regulated. Right. So we're just going to pay you this much for Coke, never mind the fact that the demand is increased and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have guns. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a coercion thing. But I, I don't know. It's just a cool word. I like words. I like words too. Monopsony. You got a new word. New word. I got a new word, man. New word. Word. You got this new word. 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 Drug dealers selling new words, man. Another Chris Rock joke. All right, here we go. We're going to do Chris Rock jokes. We've worked into this. We have. So, Coleman, tell us a little bit about. Was it a transition from comic to producer? I feel like you've always kind of been part of the producer angle here for a while in terms of when you started or did you just start as a comic I like no one would put me on stage and so I was went to Max and I was like yeah let me let me like put on a show here at Town Tavern and we helped me produce it he was like okay and so that's basically how it started mm-hmm. and that was like so for like four or five no like five I guess five or six years ago uh, no it might have been longer ago than that I did comedy for like three or four months and then I got a job at night and got a girlfriend, and I couldn't do it anymore. And so when I was d- doing it then, I just did comedy. I probably did it four or five times. Uh, and then when I got, I guess, started again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after I like had a girlfriend for a while and my life was somewhat stable and I had a job during the day, I... Uh, so you threw it all away. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And started doing comedy at night. And then when I started doing that, I was like, oh, man, I'm not getting on stage anywhere. I need to get on stage. And so I started a show. And that's what I would encourage all of you young whimpersnapper comedians out there to do. Start your own show and stop fucking pestering me for time. That's right. <laughs> no, true. he's exactly it's right. True. you got to right. create your own opportunities. When you start your own show, you create 15 slots for other comedians to get better. Right, and so. if any of them are paid, you may get a star like me stopping in to do ten minutes. It's, there you something. go. Right. You know? Yeah, 
and you can understand how business works and how, you know, I don't know. You can make some time for yourself. That's yeah, true. And you can do longer sets and it's like, true. like you know, I mean, I think the thing that really appeals to me is like trying to understand how not to get fucked, yeah. like right. later in my career. Right. Like, you know, having to have some, a little bit of business acumen of like knowing, you know, what might be a good idea, what might be a bad idea so that I don't make bad decisions. Yeah. I've made some bad decisions so far. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how you learn. Let right. me tell you about them. No. I know. <laughs> Seriously, there's a huge long list of terrible decisions. What would you say your worst decision has been? In my life? No, in no, bi- no, related to business as a comedy yeah. producer. Oh, fuck. If you can divulge. Yeah. If you got the worst bowl. decision. <laughs> oh, okay, can't tell you about the worst decision. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, Let's go with number worst. two. Because that involves a person we all know. Yeah. You not the, to, not well, the people you think. Well, we all know about uh, that one. That's kind of boring. It's yeah, that is boring. That's, that's all. The worst decision. Um. Uh, oh, got it. Got it, got it, got it. This involves a great little name drop. Okay. So about three months ago at Beer Baron. Wow, your your worst decision was that recent. This is like well, one of the worst. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like like okay. up there enough to like be a story. Okay. Okay. So like three months, three or four months ago at Beer Baron, um, we're we're doing a show. Phil's hosting. He's doing a great job. Um, and uh. Somebody famous stops by, um, like famous, famous, like from Chappelle's show, famous. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I think I know who you're talking who, about. Who am I talking about? You're the, I I don't remember his name, but short, bald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I forgot his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Who the fuck are you out with it? <laughs> um. Let me finish the story. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, keep going. I don't know if I want to say the name of the person. All right, because, well, give us the story. Uh, so, so basically, uh, he he he. We I walk up to him like, "Hey, you want to go on?" He's like, "Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, I want to go on." And so then he goes on, um, uh, and like I'm talking to Phil, and Phil and I are talking, and we're like, "Hey," uh, I'm like, "Yeah, just like he's probably gonna do like ten, maybe fifteen minutes." Um, and, you know, just give him a light and, you know, to, like, tell him, you know, whatever. Be like, all right, tell him. Be like, hey, you're doing 10 minutes. I'm going to give you light. And he's like, okay. So Phil and our communication at this point, this is kind of early in the hosting of Beer Baron, was not necessarily great. Um, <laughs> and so we weren't great at communicating. And so uh, that whole conversation I don't think was clear enough. And when he went to talk to this this guy, the connection was not made that he was doing any certain amount of time. Right. So this famous comedian, uh, Donna Rollins, <coughs> oh my <laughs> man, <laughs> goes on stage uh, in the middle of the show, okay, because mm-hmm. he's going to do ten or fifteen minutes, right? Right. Um, and it's just crushing. Of course, like the show is okay, but like I am talking like crush, like crushing, like laughs every five seconds, like stuff that you know. You don't you don't normally see even at a paid paid show yep. at the improv like crushing, and so then there is other show to do, you know like there was other show to do. I'm on I'm living on the impression that he's you know he knows that he's getting light at ten minutes, and so I'm like all right Phil light him. I see that his clock go to eight minutes. I'm like light him. He's like should I light him? I'm like yeah dude light him. He's doing ten minutes right. He's like yeah. So he lights him, and Don Donnell goes, was that the fucking light? Oh my god. <laughs> 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 Did you just light me? He he does this like it's like the the like politest angriest way to do it, but like sort of a <laughs> random. Do you know who the fuck I am? Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You lit me. You you fucking lit you. Are you guys? Are you kidding me right now? He he does that for like five minutes, and then he just does like yo fuck this show, and just puts him out of your mind and just gets off the stage. Wow. Oh. And I was Oops. just thinking to myself like. Oh my god, we I fucked this up. We fucked this up. Like, how do we fuck this up so bad? Like, because <laughs> 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 like, he, here's the thing: is that like he's supposed to have a good time and like right. you know go yeah. on and it'd be awesome. And then he goes and tell all he tells all his friends. You're right, right, yeah. right. Whenever you're in DC, you know, go to this room, check this room out, come by, right. and all of his famous friends and all the other great comedians come by, and that is not what's gonna happen. Uh, and 
and and yeah, and he was a hundred percent right. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah, this, it was. this is not a gray area like, oh, he's being a dick. No, no, no. This was 100% our fault. We did not make... See, like, here's the thing is we could have bumped everyone else on the show. Right. You know, and put him on. Or we could have tried to sneak the as many people in front and the end of the show with him. You know, like... The, like it, there were ways to that, that, that to work around to it. work around it and to make it great and to make it a great show for the audience. Local comics are happy. He goes on. He kills. Everybody's happy. They come back. But now. Not only is he pissed, uh, we look super unprofessional. <laughs> oh, no. The audience, you know, probably isn't going to come back. And now the rest of the six or seven comedians who go on are all the oxygen's been sucked out of the room. Right. Um, mm. uh, but not only because he killed, not just because he killed and that people can't necessarily follow him, but because it was handled in such an absolutely unprofessional way. And I was just scatterbrained and not clear and didn't talk to Donnell myself. And it was just a giant clusterfuck, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was terrible. So in the future, when he comes back, <laughs> <laughs> how are you gonna handle this? Back. You just let him go, and just he'll do whatever he does till he gets off, and that's that, right? Well, like, hey, when do you want to go on? Uh, let me go on like fifteen minutes. Cool. How long do you want to do? Uh, let me do like thirty minutes. Cool. Done. And then I go tell the rest of the comics. All right, these three comics are going on. Everybody else is bumped. And then this, you know, whoever it is goes on and does does their time. That is, you know, you can't take this kind of bump. If you can't take a Donnell Rollins bump, how the fuck are you gonna take this kind of abuse on a set? <laughs> you don't like it? Leave. You should just have Petey come to whatever show that that happens to, and you yeah, can scream right. to all the comments yeah. like that. Let me be enforcer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it for the one-time well, low price of ten minutes a week. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> one time a dude showed up with a machete. Stop. And Joe Gilpin was there, and Joe Gilpin like put up his bat light, and like two other of his jujitsu friends showed up, and like the guy was walking around outside, inside Town Tavern, outside of Town Tavern, and they were just like there just in case shit went down. But the guy unsheathed it, and it was like a, it was like a, it was almost a situation. That yeah, was, I'll that say. was like a year was or two a, ago. Was this a comic or an audience member? This was, um, hmm, I think Joe would know better, but I believe it was a guy who's trying to go on off the street. I think oh my God. is who it was. And he walks in with a fucking machete. I'm sure you get a lot of crazies who like, are try to of, get on the show. There are a lot of crazies. How do you, you bat walk those on? off? A machete, though. Sign up Jesus Lister. Christ. Right, just the only thing I've ever seen almost as crazy as that is a guy with a pimp cup. This guy, yeah. Wow. He came in. Yeah, I think is like a legitimate pimp. Um, in training, maybe okay. he's like a pimp trainee because okay. all those people like Kenny Red that I was talking about earlier. If you mm-hmm. go on this guy's Facebook page, he's friends with a whole bunch of the guys that are profiled in American Pip, and he puts up just fucking wild memes, pictures of him with like, you know, ladies of the evening, shit like that, you <laughs> know, and talks all the pimp slang this motherfucker literally walks up first in martin amini's old room the laughing man tavern this is about like 2013 and has a suit on a nice like you know a leisure suit and then fucking a bejeweled pimp cup and gets on there he absolutely bombed it was horrific and then (laughs) and he tried to get on at arlington the night after and he got you know, bump from the list, but he sat around, and then Nick, the old bartender at Arlington, was like, "Dude, pimp cups gotta go." <laughs> He's just like, "You, you can have a beverage, you know, but that uh, you can't pour it in this fucking pimp cup. It's not my rule. This is the law. You know, this is our <laughs> container. This is our liquor license. No pimp cup. You know, it was fucking hysterical. But I mean, he had this nice ass pimp cup. He's come back. He comes around maybe once a year." If he needs to get some scratch and he th- talks to his pimp partners or whatever to like, God. yeah, get what on the did, stroll. I would love him to do a bringer spot so that all his pimp friends yeah, come and watch the uh, show. I'd be so interested. Nah, those <laughs> guys would be like. on the track that night. I yeah. think that pimps don't go to comedy shows like that. They don't it's do a bad. night off. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's prime workout. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but that being said, um. That's the craziest thing I've seen. It hasn't gotten up to a machete. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a little crazy. So was that maybe like your third biggest mistake? 
is let what? the guy come in with the oh, fucking I no curved idea. holster. Yeah, well, I mean, like, that's a, you know, I, I mean, the dude just walked in. It was, he, like, had it on his back. It was like a... And then on his oh, back? Oh, like a backpack. Yeah, like, it was, yeah, it was like a backpack yeah. sheath sort of wow. situation going on here. Um, but, yeah, I think that was where it was. And Joe pointed him out and was like, yeah, he caught a few friends over and they quietly got him to leave. Wow. Wow. It's, it's handled very well. I was going to say, I, that doesn't sound like a mistake, though. That oh, sounds... I'll tell you another story. So this guy, there was this guy, um, I forgot his name. This was like a month ago. And he goes on, and uh, he's he's talking. What what does he say to the guy in the audience? He goes, uh, um... This is heckling somebody? Life. This is a heckling thing. I don't know if I told you this story. I feel like I, I was telling this story because it was so, such a good story. Um, it was, uh, oh, okay. So he's like going on and on and he's blowing the light and he's new and he brought friends and he is not doing well. He's mm-hmm. not doing well at all. Doing very, very bad. And uh, he, he's, it's not working so he tries to do crowd work. <laughs> and uh, about like maybe in like four minutes into his set-ish, um, he starts doing crowd work and he goes up to a guy and he's like, hey, you know, so what do you do? And the guy's like, I'm an accountant. And then he goes, so like, <laughs> how, long have you, how long have you been thinking about uh, killing yourself? Wow. And the guy goes, three minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, it was so That's amazing. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> I was sitting in the back of town tavern. One of those tables fell off the table. Like literally was rolling on Three the floor minutes. laughing. <laughs> it was and it was everybody was thinking it and he just picked the wrong dude and that guy just I hope he <sighs> came back. Then he came backstage and he got mad at me, uh, for lighting him. Um and he like got in my face a little bit and like put his hand on my shoulder and I was like, Don't touch me, please. And of course, that's the guy who gets mad at you for lighting him. And then he 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 like he was doing other stuff and like kind of did like a, I don't know like a shoulder push sort of situation. He's been drinking, and then I had to like grab his hand and like be like, "Don't touch me, please." Doing the like little jujitsu hand thing, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm talking about? Like you here, put your hand out, and you like grab them there, and then you twist in. And yeah, yeah. Forces you to go to a knee. Right. Like what Jack's doing, hand. he's like grabbing on my palm. I've yeah. never heard of this. He's and grabbing on my palm, twisting it around. And then, like, and when you, if you're standing up, you just, uh, you just go to a knee. And it's just like a way to get out of a situation when someone is touching you. And then I ran away. I was like, please don't touch me anymore. You can beat <laughs> me up outside the venue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I can't have it at but my show. I can't have it in the backstage <laughs> at my show. However funny it would be yeah. after that set and then you come backstage behind a black curtain and the audience just hears the host getting the shit kicked out of <laughs> Right, right, right. right. The stage. Like, wow. Um, but yeah, so that, that having those happen back to back was a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts, 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 nuts. I'd imagine. And do you have a lot, I mean, you've said this before, do you... What's the percentage of comedians being mad at you that you know you're doing your do- your job right? Uh, I think that I want most comedians to be like at a level three point five to four out of ten. General frustrated with me, and then you feel like you're doing your job. And right. then if they're none of them are mad, but they're all just generally frustrated, uh, then that you know that's good because then you know they're hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to get them to, but hopefully they're, you know, writing more. Hopefully they're getting out right. more. And, you know, and so, right. you know, hopefully that's happening. But, uh, like, you know, I'm nobody special. I'm just a dude, and this is the role that I have right now. And at, at, at a job, I have, I have a boss, and that's the role there. And this role, I have to fucking book people, and it's very frustrating. And I don't particularly care for it, but it's what has to happen. And but so there's something happens. about it that you love, though. I like helping I like helping the DC scene get better and trying to contribute and cultivating the list and trying to put together a good show. I really do like that. But mm-hmm. if I think that someone else like would take as much care as I do booking the show, then I would not do it. Mhm. Okay. But there's a lot of 
a lot of like you know i don't know i've always felt like as a kid i would get fucked over and everything like i was on the outside looking in never a cool kid and so i i try and find the kids who also got fucked over okay and that's important to me because i got fucked over a lot and so there's that sort of i don't know booking mentality because sometimes they suck and then we don't get booked for a while but uh you know i try and do it in an egalitarian way i try and be fair people give right. me feedback all of the time mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I, I consider it each piece uh of feedback here's a question yeah now i often ask this to certain people and i get an array of answers do you think comics with no talent or little to none improve over a long period of time with ample stage time have you seen this like you know you talk about giving the shots to the kids that aren't maybe not as good or they're just not catching the eye so they're getting fucked over so to speak um but you give the you extend the olive branch a little bit and then you watch them blossom and maybe it's a long road you've been doing this now got a couple years as a producer but you see your investment yield a return yeah okay yeah could you give an example oh i don't want to would you feel comfortable giving an example no, no. i don't want to name a name but i can think of a few because then they'll hear it and be like oh now i can get on and get no, or they'll week. hear it and be like you thought i was bad when i started or that or someone else will hear it and they'll go oh jealous and i'm better than that person is going on all right uh, but, but in the abstract so yeah 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 so there are definitely people who are like I, I think i don't know i'm i'm still hearing new at all of this so this is just the operating philosophy that i have which there are two ways to be successful one is to work hard and then two is to find what hard work is the hard work you should be doing mm-hmm. there's certain hard work that right. is more important than other work even though you can be working hard like just because you're doing shit doesn't mean you're doing the right shit right so when I see new comics coming up and I just see them straight hustling, like that's like new comic. If you're a new comic, just hustle, 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 try and get better. Try and go to shows, write, change your jokes, show that you're growing. So like if you're showing that you're growing each time, you're like trying a different joke, trying it a different way, like doing something with your character. If you're like showing progress and growth, which I think is very objective and obvious. I do not think – I think that that is measurable – in like empirical you can like look at that growth uh then that's the sort of person who's going to get that opportunity so it's not you know am i friends with this person it's not you know are we buddy buddy it's not you know what do you do outside of comedy it's it, it's really trying to get someone who's on stage t- who's growth because it's like you know th- it's the documentary like i want you know dc to have like a documentary in 20 years we need like a 30 for 30 and what is the documentary going to be like mm-hmm. i thought about that too and i want and i want like it to be an awesome scene i want us to produce amazing comedians and so if you're not working hard and you're not getting better then they just should get trimmed so that's i guess kind of the abstract but there are those comics who start out working really 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 hard and they're hustling for 6 months and then you notice them and they're constantly there and then they keep showing up and keep showing up and then they start to get better and then they start to suck less and then they start to really get laughs and then it's like okay now you're in the rotation now you're like you know you're taking this seriously cuz i think mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like a serious level that's right. like the pants thing the pants thing. The oh, pants the thing. The famous, okay, okay. Let the me just pants. explain what the pants thing. There's, Jack has a very famous rule at his shows that I hear male comedians talking about at other shows probably at least once a week, which is Jack does not allow male comedians to wear shorts at his shows. That is not true. Uh, that, is not, that is not the thing at all. The thing is, is that you need to look professional and like this is a job. Okay. That you're treating, you're taking this seriously like the presentation thing we're talking about earlier. right right the right. present like you are yeah exactly what you're talking right. about right. this is a job you're taking this seriously you you're treating this like a real profession you got to fake it till you make it and you know just the job you want all that sort of shit so if someone's walking in with uh, exercise clothing I'm, I'm not fucking putting you on right okay mm-hmm. unless that's your character but like if that's your character then you have to be funny Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's a there's a certain funniness level that overcomes the, the what some comics have interpreted, I believe, slightly unfairly as the shorts rule, because if you're really, really funny, then you've been doing this. It becomes your character it becomes who right. you are. So it's not no shorts, but it is if you're a new comic, 
probably shouldn't be wearing shorts because you don't know better and we're just trying to help you become right. a better comedian because if the audience is, might be distracted it makes you look unprofessional if you're wearing cargo shorts on stage you don't look like you're taking this seriously they're totally. not going to take you seriously that's just one example exercise clothing is another example so it becomes a problem in the summer um because you know it gets really hot in dc but like i carry around a change of clothes in my bag and i just carry around a pair of pants i have a pair of pants in my bag right now uh just because I take it seriously and I, I want, right. you know, I want the audience to. And this is like if they treat it like they're getting paid and this is a comedy club show, then the audience will think that. That's how we light the show. That's why right. we have the stool. That's why the mic doesn't cut off. Like that's why everything else in that room is taken seriously. And so if you're a comic, you need to fucking take it seriously. Also, if you, when you do wear a uniform, uniforms have showed at schools that people like there's less to like argue about. Right. right. There's less distractions. You also feel more professional. I know that when right. I'm in a suit, I feel, you know, like a million bucks, right? Like, so you will actually view yourself as better when you dress up. I think Steve Martin once said, dress better than the audience. Yeah. yeah. No, that's 100% true. I tell these fucking comics, you can't be looking like the fans. You right. know what I mean? You got to show up and be a step above. And that's what we're trying to do is that we are... Like, the, the, like you were joking earlier about second tier, but that is exactly the wheelhouse uh, I want and we want to be in. Because we want to be where you, where you have the freedom to try new stuff and to be free and stuff like that. But we also want to be, like, for comics, a comedy club with training wheels. Because you can fuck up. You can make mistakes. But I would rather us be like, hey, you should probably wear pants when you're doing a paid gig. So that when you go to the improv open mic, right. you look great and your jokes work. And then they're like, oh, come back and host. Yeah. But if their first impression of you is you in cargo shorts and a T-shirt, it's not going to it's not gonna necessarily make an impression. So it's not just about like that show that night. It's about that we're trying to take, be the double-A or the triple-A right. baseball team to get you – to be better. Yeah. Right. right. And also so much of being entertainment is creating a brand. And so That's much it. of that is your image, I think. Like, I think something that I've played around with on stage is the brand I want to create on stage from a how I dress perspective. Like, if I wear all black. Right. Or, and if I wear, like, a band t-shirt and it's just a little bit more of an aggressive look. People sometimes take me a little bit more seriously when I do that than if I wear, like, a cute floral print dress. Because if I do that, people think like, oh, she's Verity, she's Ver which I joke about, but like she's very sorority alumni brunch, so I'm going to take in that image versus taking on a girl in a, in a band t-shirt, I'm going to take a, what she's saying a little bit more seriously because she seems like she has some punk rock authority. I find like that, that like that's different. And I, and I think comics can do that in the way that they dress. It doesn't ha you can try a suit or you can try, you know, jeans and a polo shirt or jeans and a t-shirt, and I think you're going to get different responses just as long as you look like you've tried. I'm nodding, yes. Yeah. Let the record show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely, you're absolutely on point. What, what was it, what did I say in uh, Clothes Make the Man, or it's all about the clothes. Yeah. Right. Death of a Salesman or whatever you, that movie was. You tell them about that one time Don o. Rawlings wore shorts, you know? <laughs> 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 what the fuck happened? <laughs> no, but hey, you know, uh, Speaking of big time, we got a couple of big things coming up at the D.C. Draft House we this do, like week always. that we definitely want to tell you about. Uh, this Wednesday, July the 11th, my man David Carter is in town from Chicago and he'll be hosting a Divide and Conquer stand-up showcase about race, religion, and politics. You can buy tickets on the website, drafthousecomedy.com. It's at 730. Um Friday night and Saturday night, you're going to have Mark Norman here, headliner from Ooh. Comedy Central. Yeah, it's fantastic. Conan, Inside Amy Schumer, uh, and Chris Allen, our favorite guy from Charlottesville, uh, is going to be guy. featuring. And me and him are doing kind of a workout program this month. So, oh really? Yeah, I'm fucking. I, someone I, else is getting on your case. Yeah, I bought battle ropes for a hundred dollars the other day from Amazon. Wow. That fucking workout is intense. You'll do that for two minutes and walk around the next day like you got a Chevron. I'm not kidding you. It's it's brutal. Uh, have you seen these things? 
oh man, they're 50 feet long, two feet thick. You wrap them around like a goalpost and just start fucking doing them in waves, like oh, yeah, waving your those. arms like two yeah. wet noodles. And you could do all kinds of shit with them. You know, if you sit down and go side to side or they know, use power in CrossFit slam them. Stuff, yeah, right? CrossFit, yeah, that's absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, anyway, so Chris Allen's losing weight and now he's featuring for Mark Norman. What do we talk about when we talk about appearance? Fucking uh, 7 p.m., 9 o'clock, both Friday and Saturday, you buy tickets at drafthousedomedy.com. Uh, $20 general admission. That's a huge steal. And be sure to go on me and Elena's uh, Countercurrents webpage. We'll be giving out free tickets to new followers. And by um, webpage, he means our Facebook or our Instagram. Instagram or our Twitter. So if you follow us on any one of those, Currents have, DC. Yeah, you have the chance to win two free tickets. We're going to give Norman. out several pairs. It'll be done at random. I mean, what's better than that? Nothing. Fucking free tickets to Mark Norman, Chris Allen. Come on. Uh, so that will be Friday and Saturday, both shows at 7 and 9 p.m. Additionally, uh, Sunday, we're rounding it off with the house band sketch group live here, uh, 7.30 p.m. I don't know much about this one, but this looks uh, interesting nonetheless. It's five dollars. I mean, sketch stuff. It's something cool to do on a Sunday night. Beats fucking church, you know. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, Joe Gilpin. I see him on the flyer. Uh, no other names are listed. The but Machete Defender. Yeah, the Machete Defender. The Machete you guys Man. See him here at DC Draft House. It says the sketch comedy event to make you question your own sanity. Well. Sounds like comedy. Um, <laughs> at any rate, uh, we definitely want to thank Mr. Jack Coleman for sitting in with us today, and uh, it's been great, very productive session. And yeah, and Jack, do you have any shows that you want to talk about for people? Anything oh, you want to plug? Week? Yeah, well, just thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, it's a great podcast. This is great, you know, comedy theater. Y'all are awesome. Um, shows to promote? Yes, the Comedy Shuffle. You should come to the Comedy Shuffle. The Comedy Shuffle is our brand new show. It is on Mondays. It is at the D.C. Draft House in the basement room. Um, seats about 70. And it's a lot of fun. And then basically what happens is is anyone can sign up. And there's anywhere from 20 to 40 comics on the show. It runs fairly quickly. And the little side gimmick is that there's an interrupter. Um, at the moment it is me. <laughs> um, and we uh, or I uh, chime in whenever uh, it is necessary um, it's at Beer Baron. Yes, it's at Beer Baron okay. downstairs. And so sometimes to give a comic a tag, sometimes to fix the bombing set, sometimes, you know, just for shits and giggles. It's actually a lot of fun, um, and the show never sucks because it's either great or terrible. So the both are entertaining. Mm-hmm. Very good. And where could people follow you? Um, you can just go to CapitalLabs.com or go to Instagram, uh, CapitalLabsDC, I think, or Twitter, or Facebook. I do not have a, a personal. Twitter. I don't really have anything to say. And what thing am I on of yours coming up? It's August the 4th, is that right? It's August the 3rd or the 4th. Yeah, We're you're both on that. Oh, are we? We're yeah. both around Ta-da. that. Yeah. The, hey, how about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's promote that. Yeah, yeah. so come. Uh, it's the first Friday in August. It's Friday Night Laughs. It is, um, there is a open bar ticket option where you can get an open bar and a ticket to the show. I believe it'll be $30, $35. For the entire open bar, or you can get a drink ticket uh, and a ticket to the show for, I believe, 20 bucks. So um, it was very successful this past time. We had 75 people there. Wow. And it was raucous and crazy, and everybody was drunk. Fuck. So yes. It'll be fun. Sounds like a good time. Woo! Just come to the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can see all three of us, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Friday Night Live. Anyone else on there? Um, Yes, there are other people on the show. Um, And they are... They are very funny people that are on the show, um, and they are comedians, and they are from D.C. Jank is looking through his phone to find out the list of who um, else is on the and show. And I believe so far, Benji. Okay. Okay. Benji Great. is the other person who's confirmed, and then we'll have maybe one or two other people. Sick. So yeah, Benji and Will Farb. So that'll be a really good show. Fuck yeah. Well, thank you again for yeah. coming, and uh, we'll do this again sometime in the not-too-far future. Um and, Lane, anything you want to plug for me? Um, on Tuesday, I'm going to be out in Tyson's at a place called Tyson's Beer Garden on a showcase at 8 o'clock. So if anybody's out in Virginia or out in Tyson's, if you work out there and you just want to see some comedy, I'll be doing a set there on Tuesday, and that'll be great. And I'll also be on Wednesday at one of the Capital Laugh shows 
at Town Tavern. So you guys should come check that out as well. Wong Wong. What about you, Petey? Anything you want to promote? No, I think we got it pretty much covered, be it uh, me and Adrian Rodney shows the last week of this month uh, at Colony Club on Tuesday and uh, Black Squirrel following Wednesday last week of the month respectively and we'll definitely have the exact dates and reminder closer to the time but that's always something you can count on a staple of this paid showcase scene in DC comedy so we will wrap with that um, thank you guys so much for listening we've been counter currents peace <laughs> <laughs>